Hello everyone. Today I'd like to make a video and an audio about when you're feeling like you don't have the direction that you want and you're feeling like the world is an overwhelming um, place with too much to control. So the first thing I want to say about that is I make these recordings to help anyone who's in a similar situation and has a similar mind body type to me it just won't be applicable to people who have, are in a different place uh, or have a different type. Um, we all need a unique set of ideas in order to move forward in our life. Uh, there is no one-size-fits-all formula for success and happiness and health. So to answer the question, what do you do when you feel um, you've lost your direction and the world just looks like too chaotic of a place or there's too much, it's, it's beyond your control to uh, make the right decisions. And the reason I'm making this video right now is because I'm in a place like that and I feel like just being authentic and coming from not necessarily having the answers but knowing that if I open a dialogue, even a video dialogue, that that will open up parts of my mind that may be shut down. So the first thing that's coming to me is simply the act of connecting and having a dialogue outside of yourself, even if it's just with a camera that you know is eventually going to go into the world, is going to start to crack up the stagnation of feeling overwhelmed and out of control. Uh, the second thing uh, that's coming to mind is simple things like uh, I often use the sauna so that's where I make most of my audio recordings and the sauna is a heat element which breaks up stuck energy I've noticed that there's an archetype of people who avoid heat um, like the plague and if you notice you'll see that those people that avoid heat tend to be pretty stuck in the same patterns so a simple way that you can break a pattern that's making you feel uh, stuck is to add heat. <laughs> um, and then another way is to add dissonant music. Dissonant music will unstuck you, unstick you as well. Um, if you're schizophrenic or have other mental disorders, um, dissonant music will drive you a little more crazy. So not good for that type of person. Another thing that's really important when you're feeling overwhelmed and stuck is to acknowledge that there's some benefit that you get that you don't want to admit from being in the place of being overwhelmed and stuck. Personally, I'm, I'm starting to get really clear on mine. I mean, I've been getting clarifying it for 
20 years now, over 20 years. And for me, this narrative of being overwhelmed and um, feeling stuck, it, it gives me an excuse to check out, to not have responsibilities, to not worry, to not take action uh, towards the future. Now that doesn't mean, I was about to say to not worry, that doesn't mean that I don't worry. The act of worrying about what you're doing can be a hidden way that you uh, hold yourself in a space of not taking responsibility for the actions that you need to take and not actually going and taking those actions. There's this funny paradox in that when we say like, oh, I really want to change and I can't figure out how to do it. That in and of itself is a self-fulfilling prophecy that keeps you stuck. But the reason that you do it is because it gives you certainty and it gives you a sense of control. Here's the paradox. It gives you a sense of control when you're complaining that you're out of control. So if you're sitting complaining about being out of control, that is you taking control of the moment and giving yourself a sense of security because you're saying, you're saying like, well, I may not, you're subconsciously you're saying to yourself, well, I may not be in control of the outside world, but at least I'm in control of my own narrative. So if you look at the world and you look at all of the politics and um, religions and how much they all disagree and polarize, that's a fundamental characteristic of human behavior. I lost that thread. Okay, I got it back. When we grab on to a narrative, a political narrative, um, you know, even environmental narratives, uh, religious narratives, those belief, those structures of belief that you hold in place, that gives you a sense of control. So the greatest challenge that many of us face if we truly want to evolve and become the best person and the most effective person that we can be uh, in a way that's good, in a way that's going to heal and not harm others in the world. The biggest challenge is, is to see our own narrative and how it limits ourselves. So my narrative Many years ago, I was a hardcore democratic political activist. And then after that, I was a hardcore environmental activist. And then after that, I was a hardcore spiritual psychological activist. And it wasn't until I embraced the idea of questioning and doubting my own belief structures and narratives that I think I truly began to evolve into someone who could actually have an impact in the world, uh, a positive impact. Um, because what the world needs right now is it needs people to stop 
and to say, I get that my perspective isn't the truth. I get that my perspective is my perspective. Nature is the truth. You know, nature doesn't lie. Nature doesn't have human interpretation. It's the way we interpret nature that is the problem. So, what the world needs is more of us to come in humbly, but powerfully, and say, look, I don't have all the answers. Let's engage with one another and see if we can come to a common thread of understanding that's aligned with the reality of nature. Now, there is one caveat to that, and that is that most of us, or many of us, will deny the reality of nature in order to fulfill our own desires, our own need for safety. Um, so, for example, the denial of death is a wonderful example of the denial of nature that is um, everywhere in religion around the world and belief structures around the world. We either ignore it or deny it or create some fancy idea about the nature of the afterlife. Um, and that's okay. It's okay to have a fancy idea about the nature of the afterlife. But it's very important to live this life as if this was where you made the real transformation and changes in your life. If you're waiting for the afterlife for to do some work or to reincarnate in a better place or to go to blissful, you know, heaven where everything is beautiful for you, um, then you're going to miss the fundamental thing that we're doing here as conscious beings on earth, which is uh, really opening ourselves to the highest level of our experience here, to have an experience of being alive that is as rich as possible. And you can do that with, with afterlife narratives and political narratives, but it, it requires being here now, like really being present in the world with all its pain and suffering and all its uh, challenges and opportunities. So back on to the question and the thread of what to do if you are feeling overwhelmed and uncertain about your path. Another thing that's coming to me is something I've done in the past when I've been in this place before is to really tune back into my core values uh, and to make sure that they haven't transformed over time or to see if they have what they are. Um, and for example, you know, a few of my core values are to be the best father and husband that I can be. Um, uh, uh, one of my main core values that I live by these days is this idea that I want to be the person in the relationship, in every relationship that I have, that does everything in his power to leave that relationship or to leave that interaction um, or to be connected in that interaction in a way that leaves the other party uplifted and empowered um, and that leaves me uplifted and empowered. Um, so 
this may seem like a digression, but it's not really a digression. So if you're feeling like you don't know how to get unstuck, or you don't know how to get control back over your life, one of the things that you need to do is you need to look at, are there people in your life that are draining you, that are toxic? Um, you know, maybe you're that person. An easy way to determine whether you're the toxic, draining person is to see if in every interaction you make it about yourself. Now, we all do that to some degree, but there's a level. If you're doing it almost all the time, making it about yourself, um, and not giving other people space to be themselves, then you're the toxic, draining person. Another way to ask yourself the question is, um, are you jealous of others' success? If you're jealous of others' success, you've really got to ask yourself, how do you fulfill your own highest path and honor those that have are doing a better than you? You know, there's this, this crazy idea in a lot of alternative and new age literature that we're all supposed to be equal. Um, we're just not. You know, people. some people are three feet tall, some people are seven feet tall. That's not equal. Some people can have incredibly sharp and powerful minds. Some people have very slow and contemplative minds or uh, dull minds. So we're not equal, and we're not supposed to be equal, and we're not supposed to find a way in which we can make everybody equal. But what, we're, what we are supposed to do is have a baseline in which we honor all humans all conscious beings, and all life. Uh, we have to do that. You know, I mean, there could be a world where we didn't have to do that, but if we don't do that, then, uh, you know, our, our species doomed. Um, there will be... When I say our species doomed, most people don't get it. We have to evolve to a place where we have uh, mutual respect for one another, and... Let me retract. Maybe our species isn't doomed, but the post-apocalyptic scenario that's portrayed in many science fiction novels and movies uh, is a distinct possibility. You know, there's a there's something called confirmation bias where we all believe that what has happened before is going to continue to happen in the future. And that's simply false. We just can't imagine the changes that are coming. Nobody imagined agriculture changing hunter-gatherers. Nobody imagined the Industrial Revolution transforming agricultural society. Nobody imagined the electricity transforming the world the way it did in the post-industrial revolution. Nobody imagined the way the engine would transform society. Nobody imagined the way computers would transform the site. Nobody imagined the way the internet would transform society. And people are having a difficult time imagining now how AI is going to transform society and how the catastrophic collapse of biodiversity and climate systems is going to transform the world and society. We're just not wired to see those big, big, big trends. We're wired to make sure that we get our immediate needs met. And that's okay. It's just dangerous now. It was fine 
for all the evolution of humankind before we um, took full domination of the planet. And now we're even beyond that. We've got full domination of the planet and we're approaching full domination of the mind. I don't, we're not going to fully dominate the mind, but we're going we're gonna to tra- transcend a lot of the stuff that used to be normal mental tasks. And we're already doing it. You know, the smartphones and the calendar lists and the athletic trackers and all, all that stuff is completely changing our brain wiring and completely changing the way we think and the way we feel. And we can't see it. We're not going to be able to see it. The, the best we could do is surround ourselves with intelligent people who are going to point in the direction that it's probably going. So what I've done is I've just thrown a bunch of stuff at you which would probably destabilize your worldview and make you feel a little bit more uncertain about the future. Um, and that wasn't my intention, but that's, that's the reality of the world that we live in. And that's the reality of what I'm grappling with and trying to figure out how, how do I fit in this new puzzle, which is going to constantly change at, at an ever faster and faster rate. So one of the best things that you can do is really work on your immediate environment. And that means to control the things you can. So, you know, the serenity prayer, you know, outside of the AA context is a wonderful idea. The idea, you know, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and should, and the willingness and the, and the wisdom to know the difference. So even if you just live by that mantra, like, what can I control right now? Okay, I can go and I can edit my budget. I can go and I can um, put the turkey bones that I was going to throw away, I can stick them on the pot, and I can make an extra layer of soup for the next day to save a little cash. Um, I can go and make one phone call to a potential client um, to make some more cash. I can, uh, my health is an issue, I can go and I can, I can get a fitness tracker uh, and I can get more acquainted to um, my level of fitness and what I can do to make it a little bit better. Um, <clears throat> if that's within your budget. If that's not within your budget, then you can, uh, you know, um, do some stretches or walk. Everybody knows that walking is good for them. Um, so there's always something that you can do. I think the critical thing is that when you're feeling and you're stewing in a difficult time frame, a difficult space that you're not seeing the way out of, that you take in action. And not just any action, because if you take the same actions that you've done before, then you're following in that same idea that, uh, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Well, we're all insane, because we all do that all the time. So you just have to use these moments in time to make a shift. And if you have a create, if you create a personal practice of when there's a crisis, looking for a different type of activity that you can take, or a different type of knowledge that you can ingest, then it will open you up to new things. Now again, if you're incredibly chaotic by nature, that's not necessarily going to help. You may need to balance your checkbook. You may need to do balance poses in yoga class. You may need to do sitting meditation where you constantly bring your mind back to your breath every time it wanders. 
Um, I just have to say a quick thing about that. So many people give up on meditation because their mind wanders all the time. That's the point of meditation. The point of meditation is to notice how much your mind wanders. So my meditation practice goes in and out. I'll go do a 10-day retreat, get really focused, and then I'll get off and get really unfocused and, you know, hang out, have a social life, drink beers with my friends. And, and when I sit down to meditate, after I've gone off of the program for a long time, I can barely, I, sometimes I can't even hold my focus. I'll just be sitting there. Like this morning, I was especially, um, especially dealing with transformations that I see coming in my life and in the world. I couldn't even close my eyes, let alone follow my breath. That's one of the first times that's happened in a long time. But, but the point is, is that meditation is one of those ways that if you're feeling ungrounded, if you're feeling out of control, that's one of those simple actions that you can take that will bring you back into control and in and unstick you a little bit. The key is is to make sure that you're breaking a pattern that's that's the pattern that led up to the stuckness. So I have to stop the video and I have to check my heart rate because I'm in a sauna, it's 146 degrees. And I want to make sure that I don't go into the dangerous range because that's been an issue for me in the past. So um, I'll come back at least to close if I, if I, I'll come back at least to close if I feel the need. Uh, no, I will. I'll come back to close.